Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings. I'm Jerry, the lay minister over at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. And today we continue with Why Worry? We're in the midst of a three-part series. Today is part two of that three-part series. And we're going to talk about switching sides. Same scripture lesson that we talked about last week, Matthew 6, 24 through 34. We'll read that and get into switching sides as we head over to the sanctuary here in just a minute. Recently, a, a friend told me about an article written by a new local business owner. The young woman started her business right before the pandemic, and the first year was not so good, as you can imagine. A global pandemic, an inability to staff it properly, and an inability to get out and meet people all contributed to the first year of this new business being a huge, huge struggle. The story ended with a few lessons that the woman learned from those first 12 months. One line in particular resonated with me. The woman shared these words, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing. Now, this is not just true in business, but it's true in life. I think a lot of people have this idea that life is always going to get better and better. That if you're doing things right, being attentive and working hard, that things should always get better. But whether it's work, our financial life, parenting, or even our own happiness, we will inevitably hit seasons of struggle. And when we do, our temptation is to think that something's wrong, that somehow or in some way we are failing, failing our work, failing our kids, failing our family, or even failing ourselves. But struggle does not mean failure, my friends. Just because life is hard, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Instead, sometimes seasons of struggle are seasons of new opportunity and growth. Sometimes we struggle because we took a risk, stepped out in a new direction, or finally made a decision that we've been avoiding. Struggle is part of growth and therefore part of life. Paul writes these famous words in Romans. We even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. That's Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. If you or someone you love is struggling today, know this. Just because you're struggling doesn't mean you are failing. Today's struggle is tomorrow's strength. And it could just be that God is doing a new work in and through you that you just can't see yet. All right, let's head over to the sanctuary for part two of Why Worry? Switching Sides. God's word for today, our scripture lesson for the morning. If you were here last week, this is going to sound awfully familiar. (laughs) Matthew 6, starting with verse 24. Hear the word of the Lord. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, as we gather to worship you this morning, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Anybody watching the baseball playoffs? Keeping up with it? I understand there was a game that went 18 innings. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like baseball. I especially like October baseball and playoff season for baseball. It's exciting, especially if there's a team you like in there. Uh, so it's always good to follow that. One of the greatest baseball managers of all time was Connie Mack. Anybody mm-hmm. familiar with that name? Mm-hmm. Connie Mack? Connie Mack was a very successful baseball manager. Baseball players wanted to be on his team. But when he started out, his teams finished, and this is in the major leagues, finished sixth one year, seventh the next year, and eighth the third year. Not too successful. Realizing that he was not having the success he hoped for, He demoted himself to the minor leagues to try to figure this out. What am I doing wrong? What am I not getting here? And he did that for a few years. And he came back, and he had taken what he had learned and had a long run of very successful baseball teams. And he said when asked about the difference between when he first started out and then when he came back, he said, I discovered that worry was threatening the success not only of me but the entire team. I worried when we lost. I worried for games that were coming up and teams that were successful and we had to play them. I worried and I worried and I worried. And I learned when I was in the minor leagues Not to worry about the game that we just lost. Not to worry about a game sometime in the future, but to be concerned and prepare for the game that was right in front of him. The next game. Prepare for that. He learned that worry was a waste of time and actually affected his success. 
We're in week two of a three-part series called Why Worry? And if you weren't with us last week, three quick things that Jesus talked about in this scripture passage that we just read. These are some things from last week. The first one was this. He said, first of all, you can't add anything to your life by worrying. You're not able to impact the things that are most important to you by worrying. Basically, it's a waste of time, just like Connie Mack said. And if it's a waste of time, that means it's also a waste of life. It's a waste of life. The second thing that Jesus talked about was that don't worry does not mean who cares. In other words, we're not saying... Jesus is not saying, don't care about that. He's saying, don't worry about it. It's not the same thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus teaches us just the opposite of the who cares mentality. He said that God expects us to do all we can do for sure. But once we've done all we can do, we trust God and have faith in God to do what we cannot do and not worry about that. And then the last thing he talked about that we talked about last week, and this is where we're going to focus today. It's such a big thought. Jesus taught that the things we're most devoted to are the things we worry about the most. In verse 33 of our scripture passage, Jesus goes back to this idea that he introduced at the beginning when he said, don't serve or you can't serve God and your stuff. God and wealth. And so the issue is devotion. He says the solution to worry is to redirect your devotion. The solution to worry isn't to try to stop worrying. The solution to worry isn't, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to worry about it. No. Listen to how he opens this statement. He gives us a solution. And you've heard this a thousand times. He begins, verse 33, but strive, some translations say, but seek. I believe that's the one on the screen. But but seek, what's the next word? First. First. But seek first. So there's a pause there, just in those three words. But. So he's saying, everything that I've been talking about that you are seeking, don't seek that. But seek first. In other words, what you've been seeking first is the wrong thing. What you've been devoted to is the wrong thing. What you've been just extremely devoted to And it may be a good thing. We're devoted to many things that are good things. They're not bad things. But what makes it the wrong thing is it's taking the place of God. So he's given us a solution. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We just sang that a few moments ago. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, as opposed to the stuff you've been seeking. He said, now, all that stuff's important. As a matter of fact, verse 32, 
He says, and your father knows you need these things. He's aware of it. He knows what you need. He's not saying, don't care about that. Just don't be devoted to that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But as long as our primary devotion is financial security, as long as our primary devotion is a long and happy marriage, or to have kids that act responsibly, get a job, and get out of the house. As long as your primary devotion those things, you're going to worry. You're going to worry. So Jesus urges us to switch sides. Switch sides from this stuff that we've been devoted to and we've been worrying about to making God our priority. God has filled this world with wonderful, beautiful, mysterious things, full of beauty and energy and excitement. And God wants us to trust him and love him and receive our own beauty, energy, and excitement from God. Now, Pastor Jim brought up some things that are going on in our world right now as we went into prayer time. And for sure, we live in a world full of anxiety. And it's, and it's easy to let it rub off on us. Anxiety was a way of life for many of the people in ancient pagan times. I mean, they had, bless their hearts, they had multiple gods and goddesses that they worshipped and gave honor to. And the thing with these gods and goddesses was that you constantly had to strive to please them. And if you did anything, oh, something bad was going to happen. Probably would happen. So they were constantly worried, full of anxiety. I've got to follow, I've got to follow the Every rule to the letter, or this god or goddess is going to be angry with me. What a way to live. But the one true God who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ, oh, it's a different story. Now, there's no, no guarantee against suffering, putting God first, seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness. Still going to be suffering. Jesus told us that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But, this is the flip side of it. This is the switching side. But, instead of worrying about, is God punishing me? Is God doing... No. He's not like those pagan gods and goddesses. He is the one true God. When that suffering happens, we have the certainty that God is good, regardless of what's going on. God is good. God loves us. And that this good God is the one who is ultimately in control. But anxiety can creep up and rob us from joy and peace. But you never know what's going to happen. And as Christians, we're to keep this in mind. We can never lose Christ 
And therefore, we should never let anything get in the way of our joy and peace. Seek first God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. If Christ is our all in all, well, what else do we need? I mean, yes, the world is full of worry and uncertainty. And when Pastor Jim was bringing those things up, we went right into prayer. Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's how we handle these stressful, anxious times that we live in. Go to, go to God in prayer. And these storms in our own personal lives, not just world news or national news, but in our personal lives, these storms are going to come. But Christ is stronger and greater than any storm. I knew of a woman years ago. Uh, she was a widow and was told by her doctor she, she had an incurable form of cancer. Nothing could be done. Looking at her with concern and knowing that she lived alone, the doctor asked her, are you going to be all right? Are you okay? She said, I will, because I know no matter what happens, Jesus is with me. And he was. And not only was Jesus with her, but the community of faith, her church family, was with her as well. They hadn't seen her in church in a quite a long time because she was so ill. But that community of faith was with her, just as Jesus was. One family even took her into their home because they did not want her to be alone. And when she became too ill to take care of herself, they tended to her. They were her caretakers. In more ways than one, she was not alone. And she did not die alone. There can be no question of the importance of putting God first and trusting in God's sovereignty. Nothing, Scripture says, no thing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. Now, people sometimes say that we shouldn't bother God about trivial things with people with terminal cancer in our lives. Hurricane devastation just miles down the highway and people dealing with that. The threat of nuclear war. Rising cost of living. We shouldn't bother God with these trivial things like nice weather for our fiesta on November 5th. That plug was for you, Kathy. We're having a fiesta on November 5th, and we are praying for nice weather because it's not trivial. In reality, we should ask God about every area of our lives, every area of our lives. If it matters to us, it matters to God. The Christian life is about relationship. It's an ongoing relationship with the God who created and died for you. 
and relationships in order for them to survive and grow must involve continuous communication. Wouldn't have much of a relationship with somebody if you never talked to them, right? If you never spoke a word to somebody, are you in a relationship with them? Hmm. It may be possible, but not probable. We are to walk with God. And when we learn to do this consistently, we're promised not, not a rose garden. We're not promised, as some prosperity gospel folks will tell you, great riches. No, we're, prom- we're not promised perfect health. We're not promised some force field where troubles come along and just bounce off of us. No. We're promised something much, much greater. We are promised the peace of God, which surpasses and transcends all understanding. And this is that deep peace that you have in the middle of the problems. When things are going good, and you say, well, yeah, I have peace. I have that peace that passes all understanding. Well, it really, you really find out if you have that peace when things go sideways on us, right? When life happens. It's, it's in the middle of those, and it surrounds our hearts and our minds, kind of like security guards around a, a treasure chest. That's what it's like. This runs, now this runs, this, what Jesus is teaching us here goes completely opposite of what media and, and the world tells us. I mean, we see the news, read the papers, watch television news, we see it, we hear it. The world is filled with injustice, ugliness, viciousness, and violence. So what do we do? Do we, do we wring our hands and worry? Or do we act on the solid faith of which we've been given? Joy and peace do not come from avoiding problems, but from facing them with the love and courage of Christ. Jesus has called us, you and me, to be the light of the world. And if we're to be the light of the world, to me, that infers that it must be dark out there. There must be darkness out there. And we are to be the light, which is to bring Christ to the world. He is the light of the world. We're called to bring that. Jesus traveled the countryside. He spread love, hope, and salvation in a world that was racked with fear, pain, and sickness. Living totally without worry sounds so nice. Sounds kind of strange to some of us because living without worrying would mean it would be similar to living without breathing we worry so easily some of us may be so hooked on worry that if we haven't got anything to worry about we worry about the fact that we must have there must be something we overlooked (laughs) waiting for the other shoe to drop right But God is handing us an invitation that surprisingly few people even try to take up. Jesus is saying to us in this passage of Scripture in Matthew 6 
that I am giving you permission. I'm giving you permission to switch sides and not obsess over tomorrow because he's already in tomorrow. He's already there. Like Connie Mag, just be responsible today. Today has enough troubles of its own. Why borrow? <laughs> Pastor Jim said something before church started. He said that worry is like paying interest on a loan that you never got. You go to the bank and you say, okay, I'll pay you 8% interest on a $5,000 loan. Don't give me the $5,000. I'm just going to pay the interest on it. That's what worry's like. We're borrowing, we're paying interest on a loan we never got. We're borrowing from tomorrow when today is enough for today. Switch sides. And at the end of the day, when we switch sides and we realize we do what we can do today and let God do what we cannot do, we can say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in my world, in this circumstance, as it is in heaven. And I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust you, God. Not because I don't care, not because I'm not responsible, but because I can't control the future. And I'm trusting you, God, to be there. And as my trust gets bigger, my faith gets bigger, my worries get smaller. We don't conquer worry by trying to conquer worry. It won't work. We conquer worry by surrendering our life and switching sides, not worrying about this stuff we did worry about, not being devoted to that, but by switching sides to God's agenda and seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and end every day with a prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth and in my life as it is in heaven. And you can't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Let's pray. Dear God, the heaviness of the world weighs on us. And while we know you are in charge and you have our best interests at heart, we struggle sometimes. Our worries and the worries of the world wear us down. Oh, Lord, help us understand that you are the one holding us up and that you will prevail against the darkness. Your love heals all, and we ask that you lift us and surround us in your incredible love and light. Let us see you in everything, Lord, that we may rise and serve you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And now until next week, as we leave this place, and go out and carry that light into this dark world. Leave with these words that we left with last week. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Go in peace. Amen.
Okay, that's Switching Sides, part two of the Why Worry series. We'll have part three of Why Worry next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. Be sure to connect with us over at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. Facebook page and website are listed in the show notes of this episode, and you can live stream services every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. Invite you to do that. You can also get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. You can click on the links in the show notes to connect with us there. Be sure to like those pages and subscribe to those and leave us a rating and a review and a comment. We would really appreciate it. Also, wherever you're listening today, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, whatever format you're listening on, if you would click subscribe right now, you'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I really, really do appreciate that. And a last piece of advice before we jet out the door. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker from Manatee Life Church. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.